This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. This is, of course, your daily financial news. Yes, we do a daily financial news show on Sundays as well. It is March 28th. And a couple of quick announcements before we get into the news. First and foremost, it's Sunday. That means I owe you an update on my goals video. Uh, If you are interested in real estate investing, I really think it helps to get focused and daily execute. I suggest... I suggest taking a look at what I've been doing on my weekly goals just to get a taste of what I mean by daily execution, tracking, improving, getting a little better. Uh, I've been doing this now for greater than a year, uh, so you can go back and look at just what I've done and and changed and improved and things of that nature. Also, we'll be sharing a community video. That is, it is, it is my favorite video of the week. It's basically going through the private Facebook group where our students are doing deals, helping each other, networking, asking questions, and just cherry-picking a couple of things. Uh, again, that is, that's how I like to kind of finish up our weekly discussions, just by sharing what happens on Sunday before we start talking to our multimillionaires fast and early uh, Monday morning. Uh, and I've also created a PowerPoint that I likely will get done today, if not maybe early next week, about how to go broke making two hundred grand a year. Uh, lots of folks think high income is the answer, but as you will see in this video when it goes out, that is not the answer. Uh, it's really getting your money right, understanding it's not your top line, it's not even after taxes and 401k, it's what is discretionary, what is your freedom dollars, what what are you doing with it? And you will see in this $200,000 real life example, these folks are a whisper away from going broke. So on to the daily financial news, and as we get ready to finish up Q1, uh, I want to really push this theme. I want you to ask questions about what you're investing in, what you're looking at, uh, because I know very few things in life for certain. This next one feels pretty certain, uh, and that is, quite frankly, the next 12 months won't be like the last 12 months. Lots of us have figured out, you know, if you are in the top end of the K, it has treated us pretty well, right? We have seen asset inflation. We have seen the Fed come in and drastically change the stock market overnight uh, back in, I don't know what that was, April, March, whenever. But I think if we run through a long list of things, of which I got, I don't know, nine or 10 of them, I know there are more, but let's just talk about them and, and really make sure we are all set up for what will be a different time. This topic came to me and I wanted to do it on Sunday because, again, Q1's over in a couple of days. And again, I think the next four quarters won't be like the last four quarters. First and foremost, what is something that happened in the last 12 months that will likely be removed in the next 12 months, at least at some rate? And that is the Fed. Arguably, the Fed has been the biggest game changer, biggest outside force, biggest don't bet against the Fed that we have ever seen. They will not continue to just be the elephant in the room. We have already heard Fed presidents talking about 
potentially raising rates as soon as next year. Uh, that is not popular opinion. It is only four out of 20 of them, but it is something to think about. What happens if the Fed removes even some, if not all, of the stimulus? What happens if they buy $50 million uh, in mortgage-backed securities instead of 100 The Fed is going to be taking their foot off the gas. It certainly won't be removed. I'm not calling that. That would be, that would be something to watch. Uh, but they are certainly going to be backing off and seeing if the economy can stand on its own, in my opinion. Banks. We have already seen this. What was one of the first things that happened to banks, the big banks, right? The Wells Fargo's, J.P. Morgan's, Goldman's of the world. The Fed came out, or the yeah, the Fed came out and basically said, "Thou shalt not issue dividends. Thou shalt not buy back stock. Thou shalt save cash." Oh, by the way, we're also going to force interest rates lower and allow you to make a ton of capital because you will be doing refinances. And oh, by the way, we will buy them so you won't even have to carry them. The banks have been coddled, supported. Well, I think it's April 30th. Uh, That goes away. Or maybe it was June 30th. Anyways, in the next 12 months, banks are going to start paying dividends. They are going to start to deploy capital uh, to uh, buy back stock. Again, these are changes in the market that will will have impact all, on the stock market, potentially in real estate. Lots of things to think about. Rates, all of those things. Next up, speaking about rates, is interest rates. We have already seen changes in uh, investment loans that have potentially raising them. They're going to go into effect like in three days, April 1st. Investment loans cost or interest rate is going up. We have seen interest rate on owner ox go up. Right? What, What is going to go on there? Again, without question, going back to point one, the Fed came in heavy, hard, and fast, forced rates unnaturally low. I don't think they can do that forever. So rates have gone up, and I think they continue to go up. Next up, offices. We have already seen companies both in Manhattan and the Silicon Valley saying people are coming back. Now, they're not going to come back full time. They're not going to be filled to the occupancy level they once were, but they will come back. They won't be empty shells any longer. That will have impact on cities such as Manhattan in the Silicon Valley and San Francisco that have seen, they've gone really dormant because the beehive, the activity, the small businesses, the restaurants, the coffee shops, all those things have been really decimated. People will be going back to the office in the next 12 months. I have already heard a couple of stories of people who chose to move away that their bosses are saying, nope. Time to get back. Home listings, another big change that I see coming for lots of reasons. We will no longer have two months of inventory for existing home sales. I'm not calling for anything crazy other than to tell you in the next 12 months, it won't be record lifetime lows. It will be higher, and that will mean lots of things. It'll mean choices and options and 
probably, hopefully, slower price appreciation, the ability to create deals for the creative real estate investor. Unemployment will thankfully fall, both the bogus, the uninteresting, invalid U3, but also U6. U6 will be lower in 12 months than it is today. How much lower is arguable, but still, it will be lower. It would not shock me if U6 is half what it is in 12 months that it is today. And I see that is a good thing, not a bad thing. So unemployment will fall. You know, that means consumers. I think the consumer, right, consumer confidence. You know, consumers are like, they say one thing and do the other. I, I like to watch what consumers are doing. And one of the things that it does, it scares me a little bit is we have record cash balances. And that kind of scares me a little bit because kind of the raw definition of inflation is too much cash chasing, chasing too few assets. I think if we, in a huge wave, kind of deploy the cash because we all want experiences or stuff or things, I don't think we're, I don't, yeah, I don't think we're ready for that. I think we could see at least some artificial bumps in inflation. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting 12 months with lots of competing forces, right? This perfect storm that has driven asset inflation, both in stocks and in real estate, is going to recede. What does that mean? Does that mean we have a continued great rotation out of high? Multiple stocks into value or growth? Probably. How hard are they hit? Don't know, but you need to ask yourself that question. We have plenty of companies that have had record kind of once-in-a-lifetime events. I just like to leave Clorox as an example. They're going to have tough compares for the next four quarters. On the flip side, there are tons of companies who have layups for compares probably for the next six to eight quarters as they build out of this and consumers transition from dark to light. So those are things I am thinking about. Uh, I guess the last thing I noted down is it looks like Tesla is releasing some numbers. I look at Tesla now because I put out a video the other day kind of trying to connect my personal experience of being burned in a stock with what I see Meet Kevin doing on Tesla, just, just trying to be a friend and say, hey, ask yourself some questions. And man, I got some hate mail, man. Oof, bad. But anyways, this is what Tesla is expected to announce. I will be looking at it. So Q1 release, they're expected to release 170,000 um, vehicles. That's a 92% year-on-year growth. Congratulations. Although it is a 6% decline quarter-on-quarter. Quarter. Q1, Q4, kind of makes sense. Uh, their mix is going to be 164,000 Model 3s, the cheap ones, uh, 5,300 of the S and X, the expensive ones. Uh, they got 96K out of Fremont and 74,000 vehicles out of Shanghai. This is all coming from Joseph Spack of RBC Capital Markets. The one thing I will be looking for is, does Tesla have the same issues as other manufacturers in the chip shortage? Lots of car manufacturers are shutting down assembly lines or slowing the rate because they don't have chips. I don't know if that impacts Tesla or not. 
I'll be looking at that. And then lastly, next week's big deal for me, we're going to get a big feel for an infrastructure plan, tax hikes. We're going to find out. I've been calling for $4 trillion uh, since the election. I think next week we hear about it. We're going to hear about if it's uh, how much of it's kind of shovel ready versus, you know, a decade in the making. Also, we're going to hear how they're going to pay for it. It's um, likely going to be a, a big part of taxes uh, around the companies, corporations, the wealthy, and the like. So I think next week's going to be interesting. I think next week there's a couple of events, as I talked about yesterday in the financial news, that could impact the 10-year. Right? The bond market is uh, shockingly large. I think last time I checked, it's $53 trillion all in. So it's, it's not as... Uh, it's much bigger than most people realize, right? $53 trillion. I believe our GDP, I'm just going from raw memory, was around $21 trillion last year. So think about that. $53 trillion in the bond market, $21 trillion GDP. It's big, right? So uh, it will be interesting to see if uh, the bond vigilantes, as they're sometimes called, uh, throw a fit next week. Enjoy your Sunday, everybody. Have fun. Take care. Great day to make some money. Let's be better than yesterday. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.